0: Imagine you're Jairus, the leader of the synagogue in Capernaum. Your world has been completely turned upside down these last several weeks since your 12-year-old daughter, your only child, became sick. You didn't think much of it that first morning when she began (coughs) coughing as you left for the synagogue, but she was in bed when you got home, and she hasn't gotten up since. You've brought multiple doctors to your house, but no one can figure out what is wrong with her. Your fear has grown each morning as she continues to grow paler and weaker. You've held out hope that she's going to get better until this morning. When you came to bring her something to drink, she was barely breathing and didn't respond to you at all. You dropped the cup and began weeping beside her bed. You suddenly remember the new teacher, Jesus, is in town. You've heard that he's healed people and done miracles. Could he? Would he maybe heal your daughter? You whisper in her ear, I'm going to get you help. I promise I'll be back. Without another word, you rush out of the house. You frantically ask people if they've seen Jesus, but everyone points you in different directions. Finally, you see a large crowd down by the shore. You shove your way past everyone, earning yourself a few harsh words in response, and fall at Jesus' feet. Jesus, you gasp. My daughter is about to die. Please come and help her. Jesus lifts you to your feet and begins to follow you to your house. You want to sprint, but the entire crowd keeps pressing all around you and Jesus. Abruptly, Jesus stops and begins talking with a woman. You almost scream, Jesus, what are you doing? We don't have time for this. My daughter is about to die. Just as Jesus turns from the woman, friends from your house arrive with crushing news Jairus, your daughter is dead. The news overwhelms you and you collapse to the ground. You have failed your daughter. You'll never see her again. Why didn't Jesus move faster? I'm Pastor Michael, and this is Chicken and Waffles, the Bible podcast for preteens, where learning and obeying God's Word creates preteens that are unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles. Hey, what's up everyone? I am so glad you are back here with me. Hey, you know what? Since our last episode, I have heard from a mom since our last episode that her daughter even wrote down Psalm 34.4 and she is keeping it in her room for when she becomes afraid so that she can remember to pray that verse back to the Lord. I love hearing how you guys are obeying God's word. Remember, that's how you become unique and unforgettable. It's not just knowing what God's word says, but it's doing it as well. So I love hearing from you guys when you do that. Now, this passage that we're looking at today in Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 43, it's kind of heavy, isn't it? You know, did you notice in that story, it was it was really it was really hard. A dad has a daughter who's 12, maybe about the age of some of you, who has gotten sick and she was about to die. Can you imagine? You know, I've got boys around that age and I would be completely beside myself trying to find them help if one of them got really really sick. Now, I've got Maddie with me today, who is in sixth grade, and she's going to read our passage for us today so we can dive into this account. So, Maddie, would you please read Mark 5, 21 through 24?
1: Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so she can live. Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him.
0: Now, Jairus begged Jesus for help, and Jesus began to follow him to his house. He was going to go and help him. But everyone else was coming too you know what if i was Jarus at that point i'd be like look we gotta run jesus let's forget all these other people in our world we don't do a whole lot of walking anymore like they were in this point we do a lot of driving just think about if you had gone to get jesus and you're like jesus i need you to hop in my car and we got to take off to my house right but then you ran into a traffic jam now i don't know if your city's like my city but we get traffic jams around here. And it's really frustrating. Now, my boys can tell you that if I'm trying to get somewhere and I'm stuck in traffic, I get really impatient. You might want to look at your parents and be like, do you get impatient? You've probably seen that they do. You know, you try and get into the other lane, but then that lane starts going slower, and then you get back, and nothing you do can get you moving forward. And so I can imagine that's how Jerris felt. He was in a traffic jam, but it was just a traffic jam of people. And things were going slow, but then... Everything stopped when Jesus began talking with this woman because she had reached out to touch his robe so that she would be healed, and he stopped to tell her that her faith had led to her healing. But if I was Jairus, I'd be like, come on, Jesus. I understand that she needs to be healed, but, but we've, we've got to get to my daughter because she's about to die, and that's a bigger deal. And you know what? Jairus's fears came true. As Jesus was finishing with that woman, some people from his house came to tell him that his daughter had died. He had taken too much time and she had passed away. Let's find out what happens next. Imagine you've just found out that your daughter has passed away. You collapse to the ground knowing you took too long to get your daughter help. As you are weeping on the ground, you feel someone touch your shoulder. You look up to see Jesus' peaceful face. He looks you in the eye and says, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. Confused, you get up and begin walking with Jesus. How can Jesus heal your daughter? She's dead. She's past being able to be healed. But Jesus enters the house with you and commands everyone to stop weeping and tells them that the girl is only asleep. The people laugh and scoff at Jesus and you wonder if you should join in. Has he lost his mind? But he seems completely at peace, and he looks you in the eye as if to say, You with me? After kicking everyone out of the house, Jesus walks into the girl's room and says, Little girl, get up. Immediately, your daughter opens her eyes and hops out of bed. You hug your daughter and dance around the room. As you celebrate with your family, you notice a smile spread across Jesus' face. face. Which is still completely at peace. What a wonderful account of Jesus helping a family, you know, probably like a family similar to yours or mine. So, but what does this all mean? So let let's keep going in this account. And Maddie, would you finish reading our passage, Mark chapter five, verses thirty-five through forty-three?
1: Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let anyone go with him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw much commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, Why is all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and the three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hands, he said to her, "Talitha which means little girl, get up. And the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat.
0: Now, it's amazing that Jesus raised a girl from the dead, but that is actually not going to be our focus today, right? I know that's a big part of this account, but that's not where we're going to place our focus. What I want you to notice is that Jesus made Jairus a promise. Now, in Luke, which covers this account as well, Uh, Jesus tells Jairus not to fear because he would heal his little girl. All Jairus had to do was believe that Jesus would honor his word. And so that's our big idea that I want you to remember about what this passage is about is, I have no reason to fear when Jesus gives me a promise. You know, it's important to remember that Jesus doesn't bring everyone who dies back to life. You know, I've known people who've died, and I'm betting maybe you have too. So, what's the difference? What's the difference between when someone dies in our life, and well, they stay dead, and and something, and, and an account like this with Jairus, where Jesus actually brings this little girl back to life? Well, the difference is is that Jesus gave a specific promise to Jairus that he would heal his girl, and Jairus just had to believe. And trust that Jesus would honor his word. We have to remember that death is a part of life. Every single person, all of us, we're all going to die eventually at some point. And even this little girl grew up and then died and stayed dead, right? Death is a part of how we go through life. And if you have lost someone that is close to you, I am so sorry. I remember as a kid that I lost all of my grandparents when I was young. And I want to encourage you, if you've lost someone that's close to you, to make sure that you talk with your parents or your pastor at your church to let them know how it's affecting you. Because it is okay to be sad, and it's okay to be honest about those feelings as you work through them, because they're hard. And I want you to know that Jesus will walk with you through that hardness. So if today, if this passage means, our big idea, that I have no reason to fear when Jesus gives me a promise, what should we do with that? So that's our second question, right? What should I do? Now, my guess is that Jesus has not given you a promise to bring someone back to life, okay? He hadn't done that to me anytime recently. Uh, but did you know that he has made a promise to you? That's right. In Matthew 6... He told everyone that he was teaching to not to worry about having food to eat or clothes to wear. And then he gave them a promise. He said in Matthew 6.33, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, you know, having food to eat and clothes to wear, those are concerns probably your parents typically take care of, right? I know that's how it works in in our family, but Jesus was making a point. If you follow God's directions and obey his word, he promises to provide for all of your needs. Say you've moved to a new school and you don't know anybody, or you're really struggling in math and you need some serious help. Or maybe, or maybe you have a sibling who has special needs, and it makes life really, really hard every day. Well, Jesus made the promise that if you will keep choosing to honor God and obey Him, then God's going to give you everything that you need, no matter what your situation is. Now, it may not happen quickly, and it's probably still going to be hard, but God's going to provide for the needs that you have. And God is trustworthy. And preteens, I want you to know something. I have seen God honor His promises to me over and over and over again. There are times that it's been really hard, but He has been faithful to me and my family, and I know He'll be faithful to you and yours. So the next time you've got a big need and you're afraid, I want you to remember that Jesus has already given you this promise that all you have to do is seek first God's kingdom, do what is right, and he will give you everything you need. He just calls you to trust and obey him just like Jairus. Wow, what a great account today. I have no reason to fear when Jesus gives me a promise, and what should you do? Obey God's Word, and He's going to give you everything you need. Hey, I have loved having you with me today. I hope that you're telling your friends or other families about chicken and waffles. I'd love for them to join us as well. And don't forget to read Mark chapter 6 before our next episode. Remember, every time you learn and obey God's Word, you're becoming unique and unforgettable, just like chicken and waffles.